Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast, Bowl Preview Edition, Day 2. Uh, I'm Joey Weaver. He's Mike McDaniel. Mike, ready to uh, keep going with these bowl games? Yeah, these are two interesting ones. Yeah. Uh, might be a couple of, uh, we'll say, cover-your-eyes elements to these, but still worth talking about. Um, so if you if you did not listen to our previous show, we did already preview the Independence Bowl featuring Miami and the Quick Lane Bowl featuring Pittsburgh. Um, those were on our, our previous podcast, so if you're looking for those, go check those out. We are going to keep doing these day by day. Uh, so what we're going to talk about are the two bowl games on December 27th here, Mike, and that's the Military Bowl featuring North Carolina and the Pinstripe Bowl featuring Wake Forest. Um, so let's just jump right in. At noon on ESPN, the Military Bowl presented by Northrop Grumman features the North Carolina Tar Heels, a four-and-a-half-point favorite against the Temple Owls. Um, total is 53. This is a game when I first heard it coming out and I was looking at it, I... I didn't really know what to do with it. I, I kind of like Temple, but then again, I don't know if their offense can really keep up with what North Carolina is going to do. And then the thing that I read, and, and shout out to the Solid Verbal, they were the ones that, that pulled this up and brought it to my attention. Temple's head coach this year, uh, Rod Carey, he took over for Manny Diaz, you'll remember, um, after his tenure as Temple's head coach. Uh, Rod Carey came from Northern Illinois, where he sported an 0-6 record in bowl games. And that tells me something. And 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 not only was he 0-6, but only like one of those games was a one-score game. Most of them was like a four-score game that they, they're just getting blown out. Yeah, he lost five of those six bowl games by 21 points or more. Yeah. So that's not really a track record of having your team ready to play when it comes time for a bowl game. So, I mean, with that in mind, in, in North Carolina, a lot of their losses were very close games, could have gone either way. I tend to like this spot for North Carolina. Yeah, Sam Howell's been really good, and I mean, this is a guy who's thrown for over 300 yards in six of his last nine games this year, Joey. Um, now, granted, I think Temple's, the strength of Temple's team, I think, is the back end of their defense. Like, they have a pretty decent secondary. But even so, like, North Carolina can still manufacture points, right? They've found mm-hmm. ways to run the ball. they found ways to throw it. Sam Howell's a bit of a gunslinger. I don't think he's going to be afraid to throw into the Temple defense. Um, so this is a this is a good North Carolina team. Uh, you talk about all the close games they've lost this year. We've talked about that a million times. It's just like it, it seems like they were a couple bounces away from being like a nine win team in year one under Mac Brown. Like this is a very talented team. This is a talented team with a very good quarterback, um, a guy who's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC next season uh, a guy who's probably already a top three or four quarterback in the conference now but not a lot of people have watched North Carolina this year Joey and I think that's a reason why you know many are kind of sleeping on Sam Howell and what he's been able to do at least people who 
don't watch the ACC. Uh, but Sam Howell's been really good. And, and like you mentioned, like Rod Carey has this, there's this aura about him in a bad way where it doesn't seem like his teams are ready to play in bowl games. And mm-hmm. I don't know what leads to that, right? Um, maybe it's motivation, maybe it's not, I, I don't know. But the fact that you're 0-6 in bowl games as a head coach, five of those six games haven't even been competitive. It really makes you wonder against a team that's probably better anyway in North Carolina. Like, what makes you think Temple is all of a sudden going to jump up here and get the upset? Yeah. Uh, I, I just I don't see it happening. Well, and I, I think one of the things we need to mention too here is from a motivational standpoint, um, as is going to come into play with all these different bowl games, um, I've got to think that North Carolina's got to be more excited to play this game, right? They just they've come off of two seasons where they were combined five and eighteen. They did not go to a bowl game either year. So this is their first bowl game in three years. Like, if nothing else, the, the players got to be up for that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for all the seniors that are on the roster and, you know, they're playing in basically their second bowl game ever and their last game is uh, as members of the Tar Heels program. Like, this is, yeah, a definite scenario where North Carolina should be motivated to play. Not that Temple won't be motivated. It's just like, you know, we talk about teams' motivation in these bowl games, Joey, and like how motivated is a team like Miami going to be in the independence bowl versus like North Carolina who hasn't gone to a bowl game in a few years. And now all of a sudden you're in the military bowl against a decent temple team and you want to go out and play well and win a bowl game for the seniors and uh, for this coaching staff. And it would be a great stepping stone too. Um, I, I think that there's a tendency for bowl games and the results of the bowl games to be overblown a little bit um, leading into next season. But I do think this would be a really nice stepping stone for North Carolina going into year two under Mac Brown. Yeah, a hundred percent. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to overcomplicate this one. I, I think I like North Carolina here. Um, only four and a half that they're favored by. One of the other things that's worth noting here is not only did Temple, you know, they're eight and four, and and like we said, I mean, they've been pretty good this year. Um, the near AAC champion Cincinnati, they just played them to a two point loss here a couple of weeks ago. Yep. My other th- thing though was that before that they had three losses on the year, and all of them. Again, blowout losses, Mike. So, like, there's just there's kind of this pattern there with Rod Carey of like when they lose, they lose. They really lose. <laughs> they like, really lose. Um, bad. They, they leave no doubt that they're losing that game. Yes. Um, and just what what North Carolina is able to bring to the table with all the motivation, with you know some of their talent and what they've been able to do, and what what was expected of them in, on the year and where they ended up. I mean, all that stuff. I, I think that really plays nicely into the Tar Heels' hands. Um, so I, I like North Carolina here, minus the four and a half. Um, I'll take them to, to cover. Um, SP Plus, for what it's worth, has North Carolina by one point. Um, but again, there's there's just factors at play here that I don't think SP Plus is necessarily great at accounting for. Um, so I, I'm not too worried about that, personally. It's hard to account for motivation. Okay. So uh, take it with a grain of salt with the bowl games and SP plus predictions. I, I like North Carolina minus four and a half as well. I'm seeing over under is like 53 and a half. Um, yeah, I got it at 53. Yeah. So I could see that potentially going over. I mean, North Carolina's defense hasn't been great. Temple's got a semi-functional offense and I think North Carolina is going to be able to score on Temple's defense. I don't hate the over there. I, I think there's going to be a tendency for people to bet the under don't count on it. And let's check the weather for Annapolis. Mm-hmm. Always cold and overcast here in yeah. the nation's capital. So Friday it projects to be in the upper 40s and not really all that windy. So just kind of cold and dreary is what it looks like. Which is par for the course. 
slinging the ball around weather. Oh yeah, as as is tradition. Anyways, um, all right. So I think we're both on North Carolina there. I I guess I tend to agree on the over. I think if it's I think if this game goes under, it's probably a really good thing for North Carolina. I think Carolina's going to score one way or the other. And I think if it goes under, that means the Temple is really not scoring and uh, decidedly getting blown out as uh, as they've been known to do at times. Right. So, right. Let's go with North Carolina there. All right. Uh, 3.20 on ESPN, the famed 3.20 p.m. TV slot. Oh, yeah. Ooh, Mike, this one. Uh, the Wake Forest Steam and Deeks. Joey, Joey, may I or check? You may, you may. Please do. Uh, before you fully lay out the preview here, mm-hmm. um, this might be the cover your eyes bowl game of the week. Yeah. The year. Unless you were really into that cheese it bowl last year where there were like 12 turnovers in the first half, then this uh, game might be for you. Yeah. Um, remember when Oregon played Michigan State in the Red Box Bowl? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Ew. Anyway, continue previewing this game, please. Uh, this is the new era pinstripe bowl, Mike, coming to you live from the Bronx, from Yankee Stadium, uh, one of your favorite places on earth. Oh, yeah, the beautiful Bronx. We are a, a, a definite Yankee supporting podcast in there, right, Mike? Absolutely. 100%. 1,000%. Wake Forest, a four-point underdog against the Michigan State Spartans. And hmm. as you alluded to, Mike, this this is not just for the ACC, but maybe for college football in general. This might be the cover your eyes game of the bowl season. Um, we we were really high on Wake Forest earlier in the year. Reason to be, yeah, they were great through about eight games, and then started getting really banged up. It started with uh, Sage Surratt going out on offense, um, and, and some of the offensive guys around him getting kind of banged up, and and the wheels almost seemed like it fell off a lot. You know, there at the end for Wake Forest and. I don't know that they're going to have what it takes to really move the ball against a really good Michigan State defense. But I also don't know that Michigan State has what it takes to move the ball against anybody, ever. What's the over-under? Uh, 50. Doesn't matter. Under. under. Wow. Way under. Yeah, take under. the under. That's that's way under. too high of a total. I, that, good Lord. I feel great about that. Me too. I don't so know. What could, what could go wrong? Yeah, I don't know where points are coming from in this game from really either side. Um, I don't know. I... I think at the end of the day, I, I don't, I don't know if I can trust Wake Forest's defense to stand up to some of the physicality of Michigan State's offense for a full sixty nope. minutes. So I think if I'm going with Michigan State to cover four here, that's that's kind of where it is, and that I also don't trust Wake Forest at this point to be able to keep up. I, uh, I don't know if that's even the right word to uh, to break through Michigan State's defense like at all because they're not going to have to score much. Like I, this just feels no. like this is going to be like a I don't know, 20 to 13 slog of a game. Yeah, Brian Lewerke for Michigan State has not been very good. 16 touchdowns, 12 interceptions this year. And the reason why Michigan State's offense hasn't been very good really the last couple of years is because the running game hasn't been great. And Elijah Collins is their leading rusher. Doesn't even have 1,000 yards this year. Um, doesn't even have 900 yards this year. He's sitting at 892. So unless he gets injured, he should get those eight yards. Um yeah, but I, I don't love his chances of necessarily cracking the thousand yard mark, and that's not to say the Wake Forest defense is any good because it's not. But this is one of those games where, look, if Wake Forest had a fully functioning offense, and I was fully confident in Jamie Newman's health, he was banged up down the stretch. Um, you talked about Sage Surratt being as good as he was, and then getting hurt in the Virginia Tech game. Uh, Kendall Hinton has been 
pretty good in the slot for Wake Forest, but he's been a little bit banged up. Scotty Washington's been banged up. Like, this is an offense for Wake Forest that they've been struggling to stay healthy, and the defense wasn't ever any good to begin with. So you add all that together, and there's a reason why Wake Forest slid the way that they did down the stretch in November. They just were not a very good football team. Um, And playing against a Michigan State team that, quite honestly, like, they've played a tougher caliber of competition in the Big Ten this year. I mean, they haven't been great, but... You know, the offense hasn't been good. The defense has been the strength of their team. And with a Wake Forest offense that has struggled to move the ball throughout the month of November, it's dealing with all those injuries and several guys probably not going to be able to play in the bowl game. I just, I lean Michigan State here, Joey, and I think it's going to be ugly. Um, Michigan State is, uh, what are they favored by here? Four. Yeah, like. That's a lot of separation for Michigan State to get. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They, uh. Uh, they're that's, just trying to figure out which direction they're supposed to be going on offense. That's uh, two for, safeties, Mike. Two yeah, safeties of separation. That seems like a lot. Remember, they lost a bowl game nine to six last year. So Ugh. they are just really, really garbage on offense. Um, I just really like I, I think I do like Michigan State here. And Wake Forest is a team that they're just really banged up. The defense hasn't been very good. And this is just a game where it's it's not a very good spot. They haven't run the ball great anyway. And this is a Michigan State defense that, you know, as far as rushing defense has been concerned, they've been pretty good. So I think I'm leaning Michigan State. I think it'll be really, be really ugly. I think the 50-point over-under is way, way, way too high. Entirely too um, high, yeah. And even if it gets higher scoring, like, what, 23-17? Like, that still stays under. Yeah. For what it's worth, SP Plus has Michigan State as a 4.4 point favorite. Uh, so it's, you know, about that. And the total, they've got it at 49. Which, again, I don't, I don't it, the projected score here is like 27-22. I don't see where Michigan State's scoring 27 points, and I don't see where Wake Forest is scoring 22. Right. Um, I, I think both those teams come away short of those numbers. Um, probably worth mentioning, Michigan State did start to do a little bit of something on offense late in the year. Last four games, they scored 34 on Illinois, only 10 on Michigan, 27 at Rutgers, and 19 against Maryland. So, I don't Good know. There teams like there. A, there's like a yeah. little bit of life. I don't yeah. Know. The, pow- I, I, the powerhouses of Maryland and Rutgers. Yeah, they also had a three-week stretch against Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Penn State where they scored a grand total of 17 points in three games. Mm. Yeah, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. So... Those are better defenses than Wake Forest has, but it's still telling when you just can't score like at all. So I don't know. Yeah, I think that's the play there is maybe Michigan State, but honestly, I, I would bet the under before I bet the spread in this game. Um, oh yeah, I mean, I could see it f- three or four points in either direction. Yeah, this has traditionally been a pretty ugly bowl game too, the, and the weather doesn't look terrible. It's it's supposed to be again in the mid forties, and um, you know, not all that windy and, and no rain projected. So it's it shouldn't be like this real nasty game. I think we saw Miami and Wisconsin play there last year, two years ago, and it was decidedly pretty gross. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to be quite that. But this game also does have just a, a habit of, I don't know, the way that stadium funnels wind and, you know, this isn't a field that was made to play football on and all this stuff, you know. So I, it just – this could be – pretty ugly in a couple of different ways. So if, if nothing else, I just want them to tear up the field at Yankee stadium. Yeah. Well, that's, that's inevitable. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Michigan state, 
Maybe, but the under definitely is the play there. So we agree on that. We, we've agreed Bet. on all these ball games so far, Mike. Yeah, that's that's good. Bet nothing but the under. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's the play here. So I look forward to reviewing a shootout between Wake Forest and Michigan State. Because that's how bowl season works. Exactly, 100%. Uh, all right, Mike, I think that's all I got on those uh, December 27th bowl games. Yeah, I think we're good. I think so. Um, let's get out of here. Let's go uh, preview some more games. How about that? Let's do it. Uh, Merry Christmas to those who are listening. I think this is going to go up on Christmas. So uh, if you are listening and enjoying on Christmas Day, uh, trying to get away from your family or whatever you're doing, uh, Merry Christmas to you. If you're still celebrating Hanukkah like Dan Rubin, um, Happy Hanukkah to you. Um, I think Kwanzaa is around this time. Um, There's other winter holidays. Whatever you're celebrating, Happy Holidays to you. That's Yeah, New Year's, whatever. I don't know, whatever you're... If you're listening to this on New Year's, you... uh, you're probably yelling at us for how how dumb this stuff all sounds. We'll say that. Yeah, you're you're also a little bit late. <laughs> just a, just a wee bit late. Yeah. All right, Mike. Let's get out of here. Um, we're gonna come back and keep previewing some bowl games. Uh, the next one we got is a a pretty big one. We'll say that. Seems like a semifinal game. Yeah, a, a big old semifinal game. So that's that's coming up next. Uh, the Clemson Ohio State Fiesta Bowl. We will uh, we look forward to coming back and talking about that. So we'll do that here shortly. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel SI, and we are together at BC Podcast ACC. Uh, you can send us an email with your questions and comments and your concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketball conference podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. I'm doing the full outro again, and this is just, it doesn't feel right. But anyways, yeah, you said you weren't going to, you said you weren't going to do that. I know. And it just, it's like a muscle memory thing. You just can't really help it at this point. Uh, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, whatever. Facebook. Facebook, yeah, cool. Okay, uh, anything else, Mike? I think we're good. I think we sufficiently half-assed the second part of it so that we could make up for overdoing the first half. Yep. Sure. All right. You want to come back and keep previewing some bowl games? Got to. Let's do it. All right, until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I'm Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon, and until then, go ACC. Go ACC.